0: Hello
1: everybody, this is Chris Blair, voice of the national champion Fighting Tigers of LSU. And you're locked in to the Rob, Ben, and Joe Show. Middle Georgia's number one voice of community and collegiate sports. Go Tigers! This is Mike Conti of Atlanta United and the Atlanta Hawks Radio Networks. You're listening to Middle Georgia's number one team for community and collegiate sports from Atlanta to Savannah. It's the Rob, Ben, and Joe Show. Hey, this is Andy Demetra, voice of the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets, and when I want to know what's going on in middle Georgia sports, there's only one place I go. It's the Rob, Ben, and Joe show, your place for community and collegiate sports. Guys, take it away.
0: All right, welcome into the Rob, Ben, and Joe YouTube channel here, and uh, always good to see us on all the platforms available where all the fine folks of sports and media live each and every day. And uh, in those fine people, they cover sports and all of these platforms each and every day. We've got our friend John Nelson here with us today. John, uh, Mr. OSG himself. How are you doing, my friend?
1: It is football season. Well, actually, uh, that, that's, that's not true. It's always football season, and, and, and you know this. And the, the fact that we now have games, we've gone through the scrimmages, we're getting to the games that matter. More than 400 schools have that optimism about what can happen this year and all these communities that are uh, attached to it. It's, it's the fun part of year, and it's where uh, I know you and I both and a lot of folks that we know live by a calendar. And for me, I actually have three different ways to do things. And two of them are old school, and they date, and they date me. One is the legal pad, <laughs> and it has – uh, what I'll do is I'll cut the legal pad in half. Like I'm writing an old school news piece, yep. left-hand side has time codes, right-hand side has appointments and interviews and things like that. Then there's the the calendar that I have on the side of the fridge and uh, the boss and I, this is what we call the hundred days. And it's where she's like the Rodney Garner for her mergers and acquisitions firm. And so she goes out this time of year and we might see each other three days out of every 10 during a normal year. She's, you know, her her body of work is getting back to normal when it comes to travel and is having to to balance COVID-19 restrictions and things like that state by state. Traditionally, what she will do is she'll be gone for a week. She'll come back Friday. I'll be at a game on Friday. We might see each other Saturday if we find some common ground and we're heading to an Auburn football game or something like that, but on the calendar on the fridge, we have to write things down in two separate colors so we each know where the other is. And then we <laughs> see a blank space, we'll know. Oh, okay, so we're both here that day. And that way we can have you know date night or something like that. And then there's the newfangled Google Calendar. Oh yeah, which is attached to to my Gmail, and that's the one that I end up checking third. But it ends up making the most noise on my phone. So, yep. uh, yeah. So when there's an alert that comes up, I get like nine alerts coming on my phone and everything. And so that's that's how I'm trying to keep track of what's going on between now and basically Christmas.
0: Well, geez, is that all? <laughs>
1: I can come up with well, some I'm more. You give me, give me a couple. Give me a couple minutes. We'll come up with some more. <laughs>
0: I hear you, John. Well, uh, I certainly do appreciate you fitting us in on all three of your calendars today to uh, talk about something that uh, has been a lot of of fun for me, and I'm sure it was a lot of fun uh, for you if if you want to put the word fun in there. I know it was definitely a process to go through what we're going to talk about today, which is that wonderful book that you wrote. It's been out a couple of months now, uh, Noble's Strong, just a wonderful book. And I uh, want to make sure that uh, people find out all there is to know about that today. Lessons in Destiny, Noble Strong. There it is. We got the, uh, the whole hardback uh, bound 300 plus pages there for you. And uh, we're going to be talking about that today. So, John, really appreciate you uh, spending some time to talk with us about that.
1: Now, anytime that I get to talk about someone that uh, I love very much and a family I love very much, it's, it's an easy conversation to have. And you seriously, you never have to ask me twice about it.
0: Well, uh, I had the pleasure of reading this book, John, uh, first over my, my uh, vacation where I was uh, turned off from all electronics and simply had what? to read. I know, unplugging. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. But I uh, had to unplug and read a book, and it was a great one to read over the holiday uh, up in North Georgia. And I tell you what, uh, getting to read that book and learning the, the, the nuances around the community and what was going on around Coach Buddy Nobles there in Osceola, And uh, just reading about not only that, but the parallel story with his son, which was interesting. Uh, Something that was just a a phenomenal read. I've got the full screen up for us now, John. But uh, the book available at Target and Amazon, of course. Uh, Why don't you tell us a little bit about that journey that you had going through writing uh, this book?
1: Well, when I was doing Southern Swing back in 2019... And what I'll end up usually doing is the Wiregrass Run is the middle, the middle of it. That's the meat where literally it is point to point, about forty minutes apart. Call a coach. I'm ten minutes out. Where are you? Can I talk to you for five minutes? We hop out of the van. We talk to a coach. We get back in the van. Go to the next stop. Right. I was in Douglas catching up with Robbie Pruitt over coffee, and I'm leaving the interview heading back to the van and Robbie says, do you hear about buddy? And I said, no, what, what's up. And so then Robbie tells me about the diagnosis of uh, buddy and, and cancer. And so I was scheduled to meet with buddy. The next day, we were going to stay in Tifton and it was going to be Irwin Fitzgerald, uh, Wilcox hit the freeway, come back North and you're heading home. Right. And so, we're leaving coffee and I called buddy up on the phone and I said, uh, Robbie just told me about your diagnosis. Is it still okay to come by and see you tomorrow? And he's like, yeah, come on by. It's all right. And so I gave him, you know, the time and everything. And so showed up on campus, and we did two separate interviews that day. There was the one where it's the, the, the run and gun interview where you ask all the questions about the season and players and region and things like that. That goes for about three and a half minutes or so. And then we did a, a second interview having to do with his diagnosis and what it means to the family, and what it means to to Tammy and Caleb and Kenley and Casey and everyone that's a part of the Nobles family. And I mean that both in blood and in, in the, in the, the uh, close proximity sense in both Fitzgerald and in Osceola and everybody in Florida and the relatives that are, that are up here in suburban Atlanta. And so it was been about a 10 minute conversation and Buddy specifically said that this was not going to be a pity party. You know, we ha- we've had our moment, we've talked about it. And so we're just going to, we're going to go forward and we're going to, we're going to, you know, go after this head on and see what happens. And for anybody that wants to go back and see those interviews, those are on the the YouTube channel over at GPP Sports. But getting that conversation from Buddy and with Buddy, it gave me the chance to to catch up with someone who I I loved very much. And having dealt with cancer with my father, I I knew where Buddy and the family were coming from with this perspective. And so as the season would go along – you know, I would call, I'd call buddy, I'd I'd check in with uh, Tammy, his wife and see what's going on. And all the the folks that were associated with the program, just to check with different people. So you're not bugging them because you know that everybody wants to say, so, Hey, how you doing? So I, I wanted to try to work the periphery a little bit and just kind of find out what was going on and not bug them the whole time. So when I had the opportunity to leave the city of Atlanta for GPB, and, you know, get a camera and go do stories, they would ask me, it's like, okay, where do you want to go? And my first answer would always be, I want to go to Osceola and check on, check in on Buddy, because everybody wants to know in the, the high school football circles, not just coaches, but fans, not just South Georgia, but all of Georgia and everyone that you touch. So I go down, and I caught up with him before senior night, and we did this story about the platform that was put together by – uh, the students there and Chris park their teacher and they put it together and they figured out how they could take it down and disassemble it and almost turned it into a NASCAR pit stop and they could take it on the road with them. And that platform was almost like a deer stand for buddy where he didn't have to stand on the sidelines and he could still coach as, as best he could from a, a higher platform. And, and his, and his daughter Kenley would be there as as his spotter and, and his uh, you know, almost like his own personal spotter. So Gave me a chance to go do, do that story, catch up with Buddy at practice, and most importantly, catch up with my friend. Right. And see how he was doing and see how everyone was doing down there. And so uh, I admit that the the reasons probably were a little selfish, but I got, to, I got to catch up with a friend of mine. I got to catch up with someone that I love. And as the story's going along and Irwin County's on this run and the first team defense is doing what they're doing, incredibly well, and they're just rolling up numbers and going through the region of doom in single A, you know, it it looks like they're going to make it to the, the last game of the year. And the way that it always was against clinch in region two single A, it's like if one won in regular season, the other would win the rematch. And so you get to the rematch and for that first time in a long time, Irwin won both and they get to make it to the championship game against Marion County. And for me, it was, you know, once again, a great chance to to see a great team, but to see my friend in the the last game of the year chasing after a championship. And just after the season was over, and as the season really was developing and you kind of saw what was going on, it just, it made sense to me to preserve the story. And you had... What Irwin County was doing, you had what the University of West Florida was doing, as Caleb was on that coaching staff, and they're chasing after a D2 title. So you had Caleb, who's having to balance Pensacola, Florida, Osceola, Georgia, his road trips in the Gulf South Conference, which took him to Rome and and a lot of other places, plus a playoff run where they're having to do it all on the road, and he had to, to be in touch with FaceTime and all these kinds of things. And these two parallel tracks ended up working together and one finished the, the week after the other. But that was basically it. It was a story that I thought folks needed to see. It needed to be preserved. And 356 pages later, that was the <laughs> episode.
0: And, and I tell you what, John, it was a, a phenomenal 356 pages, but there's so much to unpack in this book for people to really give the sense of, you know, you mentioned there the, the deer stand, if you will, for Buddy, that the school built. You know, we could talk about, you know, the golf cart that was kicked in earlier on when it was noticeable that Buddy just was going to uh, uh, spend time with the kids and be there as much as he could. But, you know, it was going to be tough. And and the the community uh, outreach there, not only from Osceola, but from Fitzgerald and just all around the region down there. So uh, I know you had the opportunity. And for people to uh, really get the understanding of this book, you're going to have to to read it, because I love the fact that you had so many takes from people in the community and people that were around, uh, if you will, the inner circle of that whole uh, process. But just share a little bit about uh, some of those elements of the book, if you will, the people that you were getting to speak to around uh, the recollection, if you will, of what was going on in the community aspect of it, not only from Osceola, but from Fitzgerald and around.
1: Well, and that's the the funny thing is that 364 days out of the year, you know, you're, you're twin cities. You're basically 10 minutes apart. And that one day where Fitzgerald is playing. Osceola, Fitzgerald's playing Irwin County. It could be at JC's. It could be at what is now buddy noble stadium in Osceola, that is feud. And to have that moment early in the season where everyone in that region knew about what the nobles family were, were facing. And you have a whiteout both sides dressing, dressing in white Fitzgerald dressing, the Fitzgerald fans dressing in white, Irwin County dressing in white. And it was, you know, it it was a great photo that Renee Owens Hartley took and I give her a lot of credit for the, a lot of the photos that you see in the book, the family shot some and Renee did as well. And Renee had that photo looking at the whiteout and to see basically maybe four or 5,000 folks all unified in a rivalry game. Yeah. That's the kind of thing that you and I both know what high school football means on different levels it's about community it's about family it's about rivalry but at the same time it's about respect for your rival and being there in that moment for them and, and to see that kind of thing and the uh, the photo on the cover where buddy has taken the spear right. and he's planted it that's what they started doing as, as like a, a bit of a, a takeaway from tallahassee they would have someone come and they would have that person plant the spear before the games right there at the 50. And when you have those moments together, that's what to me is, is a greater knowledge and a greater takeaway from all of this is that, you know, you have these towns and you have these folks who probably get together on breakfasts on Saturday mornings. In one city or the other, now how'd you do on Friday night? How'd you do on Friday night for that Friday night? Yes, Irwin County won, and it was a large margin that they beat Fitzgerald. But but more folks were there, and they were there for the Nobles family and what they were going through than anything else.
0: Absolutely, and uh, I've got the uh, the full screen up there with that that shot of uh, Buddy in his white shirt putting the the spear in the ground there, <clears throat> and I tell you that was such a. Uh, a point in the book for me because as you know that that particular year uh, rob and ben and i were um, we were calling dublin high school football and uh we're on the road and uh you know doing our gig and that was one of the games there in fitzgerald and uh, Irwin county that i really i really wanted to see right i wanted to be at that game and i can only imagine uh the atmosphere that was the thing in reading the book that everybody described the atmosphere of that game, the um, the community sense, the the overwhelming desire for everybody to have one thought and one um, one desire in that night. And that was to support a coach that they all knew very well.
1: And you know, you saw it in little things. You saw it in big things. You saw it with that unified crowd at the Fitzgerald game. You saw it when the booster club without telling buddy, they, you know, they asked, you know, buddy, what do you need to, to help you out? And he said, a golf cart. And so phone calls were made. And basically like that, Irwin County pitches in friends of Irwin County, alums, all of this, they all pitch in and get buddy a golf cart. They build that deer stand at the school. And so it's all of these things, it's the signs, it's the t-shirts, it's, you know, the hashtags, all of these things that come together and remind us about what football Fridays are about on a, on a different level and and a deeper level in these kinds of things. And in getting to talk to, and and I thought it was important to get as many different perspectives as possible when it comes to what it is took to to see folks through that season it's as much about the play-by-play team as it is about the the nobles family pastor it's as much about boosters and fans and supporters for as they were as Irwin county was chasing after a title for the first time in a long time as it was to hear from the coaching fraternity as well and it starts with maurice freeman at brooks with that scrimmage and works its way all the way through the non-region games. You talk to a Mitch Jordan at Mount Perrin who got one play with Buddy Nobles, with, one, with Irwin County. Buddy was in an Atlanta-area hospital, and he was FaceTiming with folks as they were there at Mount Perrin. They got opening kickoff done, but then they eventually had to call the game because of weather. But to still hear Mitch Jordan talk about how he was impacted by somebody like Buddy Nobles, all of the opposing coaches, all the region coaches that were more than happy to talk. Dabo Sweeney even talked about it as well, where with the recruiting circles that dated back to, you know, dated back to a Nobles being recruited. And so. Those relationships continued there. The relationships in Florida with his Florida players when he was first breaking in as a coach and all those players who would eventually go to the National Football League. And and to to see all of these different pieces of the jigsaw puzzle come together and to see it fit the way that it did, it was really special and uh, very humbling at points for me to have all of these people open up as much as they did, Joe, to talk about something like this.
0: Yeah, absolutely, John. And uh, one of the things that I want to uh, set up here, a question for you. <clears throat> Obviously, we were just discussing the, the impact that, that Coach Noble's had over a long period of time in a region of the state. But uh, the ripple effect that you're kind of describing there, the impact that our local coaches have on a community and the kids, and then that you know moves on as those kids move on, that, that extending wave or ripple, of impact, And Buddy's impact was great, and uh, it was substantial. And that was something that in this book uh, I found myself just reading going, you know, wow. Uh, how much of an impact do you make every day, Joe, right, and what you do? And that's the thing that I want to ask you to describe about. And next I'm going to ask you, obviously it's impacted you because you were the person that felt the need to write this book. So first, let's talk about that that ripple and uh, just how that came across in the book and, and where that element of story came from. And then let's talk about that personal interest Sure. I mean, when you, when
1: you just look at the schedule and you go down that schedule and you're, you're looking at a, at a Don Tyson at clinch and you know, how clinch and Irwin are always chasing after each other and they're always facing each other late in the year. When you're looking at Maurice, when you're looking at uh, you know, uh, Matt Burleson at Telfair who had, uh, you know, I think that if I remember correctly, Matt's family ha- has been, had been dealing with a, you know, a cancer situation as well and how it impacted him and the coaching staff there in McRae wanted to do something to show their support for Buddy. And so they weren't wearing their, they weren't wearing their coaches golf shirts. They were wearing other things. They were wearing t-shirts just to show support for for buddy nobles. And, you know, when you have moments like that, that resonate and coaches, they, you know, they'll walk up on a game day. It's like, you know, if there's anything you need, let me know. Uh, You know, you need me to talk to anybody, you you know, is it okay to call and check in on you and see if there's anything you need that constant communication. You know, I, I think a lot of the time when those of us of a certain vintage remember what Saturday mornings were like for high school coaches before we had things like huddle, <laughs> where coaches are taking tape, VHS, what you know, eight millimeter, sixteen millimeter, whatever, the big reels. Right. And they're exchanging tapes on Saturday mornings, just so folks can, you know, so that folks can study. I think that with what we saw, with Irwin County and Buddy Nobles in 2019 is you got to see that interpersonal communication. It's like coaches are reaching out because they want to reach out. They want to find out what's going on and and they want to to stay in the loop. They want to know how they can help. They want to know know, what can be done to make sure that everything is still being said that needs to be said. You know, when you have uh, coaches who will have, their playoff games, but then they'll want to have the one, the, the one circle at the end where players from both teams are there and the coach is there to say things to Buddy and Buddy says complimentary things to the team that lost. It's these kinds of messages and these kinds of conversations that we don't really get to see a whole lot of, but we know they happen. And just the fact that we got the the curtain pulled back to to sit there and have these conversations, conversations shown to us that a coach who's going up against a, a juggernaut, which was what Irwin County was in 2019, at the end of the day, it's about being there for your fellow man. And when you have teams, uh, you have one school coming in, you have the Irwin County guys over here on the other side, at the end of the day, they come in as one group and they want to hear from Coach Nobles and what he wants to say and what he reminds them of every single time out. And being able to carry that message as a high school student, as a student athlete, you carry that message forward, and you don't know who you touch, but if you touch that one person and that chain continues, you get to see really what these interpersonal communications and these conversations, what they can lead to in moments like this.
0: Right, and understanding that that power of that, John, and being able to to have that. You know, you touch one person and you carry that on, you move it on. Uh, The second part of that question there was obviously uh, you had known Buddy Nobles for a long time and had been able to see the way that the man uh, operated. Uh, How much of a surprise was it to you? to see that after he recognized the diagnosis and recognized what the the gravity of the situation was going to be in the season how surprised were you to see the way that he carried himself and the way that uh, the rest of the season played out after diagnosis
1: I wasn't because you know when you think of when you think of men and football coaches and I'll I'll divide it up briefly here for a second but you know a lot of times there'll be, you'll, you'll see it, pick a, pick a movie or something and you'll see something happen. And then there's, there's the the bravery that's attached and the matter of factness that's there. And then you understand really how you're loved by a lot of folks you love in return. And at the end of the day, it's how we carry ourselves. And back to the the last question we were talking about, Joe, where you always have folks who want to hear a message. After that initial diagnosis, like I said, you know, there was the 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 meeting in the coaches' room where the coaches were obviously very stunned. Uh, you know, some of the coaches couldn't even stay in the room after the the initial word came out. But there, and obviously there were tears engaged. But then Buddy says, and this goes to who he is as a man and I'm going to continue to say that in a present tense, who Buddy Nobles is as a man, that we're not going to have a pity party here. We're going to do our best. We're going to tackle this because there's there's greater stuff at play here. And there are other coaches who I know, uh, Jeremy Williams as an example. Jeremy has been fighting Lou Gehrig's disease for a decade or more. And he viewed himself, the former head coach at Greenville, he viewed himself as a vessel for a larger message. And when you are given a diagnosis and then how you carry yourself going forward, it's about dignity and respect and honor and sharing messages. And and that goes back to my interview with Buddy on the platform after he was given the trophy and everything that he said there, and those kinds of things. As you see someone fighting for his life as best he can, knowing that it's an uphill battle, but still doing your best, and all of those other messages that are attached to it, and you see how folks like the Nobles family carry themselves across the board. Right, It's something that we all can learn from, and it goes back to that other point about, touching that next person, understanding what's going on here in the situation in front of you, touching that next person and hoping that if you are as impacted, if you're in a situation like that, that you may respond in the same way. Yeah, it's going to be tough, but in a situation like this, how do you respond and how do you take what you have been given in front of you and carry forward? And I think that that to me is, an, is another message in all of this. It's like, if something happens, if A, then B. Right. So then, what is what is B, and how do you carry yourself from that moment
0: forward? And I'll tell you, as much as a, uh, a book, this is for people that enjoy sports and the coaching and just understanding that fraternity that is, you know, athletes and coaches. This is every bit a book for uh, family and also for. Uh, women who I just love the story that you tell in here about a uh, buddy's wife and how she, uh, I for, I'm trying to remember exactly what Buddy called her in the book. The right
1: DCO, the, yeah. the the director of <laughs> cancer operations.
0: That's right. I mean, there's, there's levity in this book with the way that you, you hear the conversation between Buddy and his uh, kids and what they were doing and going through, but also the steadfastness of his wife and everything that, that she did to stand by him. It's just a phenomenal book that I would uh, encourage anyone to pick up and read. But, but let's talk a little bit about that because again, we know the sun was a parallel here, trying to, to win a D two national championship as well.
1: Mm-hmm. And I give Tammy all the credit in the world. I really do. Uh, she's an amazing person and an amazing role model. And, you know, and there are times when I'll talk about auras and I don't want this to sound like something, you know, something 1970 ish or something like that, but, You can tell the light that emanates from people. And with Tammy, there is this, there is this aura. There is a light that is there that shines all the time. Yes. Sometimes it's harder to to have that uh, aura be there as it is, but, She's an amazing individual. And like I said, I can't, I can't give uh, Kenley and Casey and Caleb and Tammy, I, I, you know, I give them all the credit in the world. Uh, They have some of the, they are some of the brightest lights that you will ever come across. And when, when you have this, all of this stuff going on around you and like Caleb chasing after a a division two championship at the same time as an offensive coach for the university of West Florida. And he's trying to do his job where the coaching staff at UWF is like, look, do what you need to do. Everything's fine. And Caleb, I'll give you i I'll give you a quick story. And it's in the book when it was the first week of our 2019 football season at GPB for game of the week. And it was at Roswell High School. Buddy was staying. This was the Mount Perrin game that I was talking about. Yeah. Buddy was staying at uh, on uh, on Hospital Hill, at uh, you know in and around uh, 285 and 400. For those that may know the the freeway system here in the city of Atlanta, he was up at Emory, up in Sandy Springs, and or St. Joe's. And so he's at St. Joe's, and I go to St. Joe's. And I go and visit him, and I go up to the floor, and I see Casey, who is sitting in a chair. And for him, it's just a, you know, a little bit of a commute for a Friday if he wants to, to go to the game. Caleb is studying Shorter University. He's, he's trying to watch game film and get prepared for the game. at shorter on Saturday afternoon. He has fallen asleep in the waiting room watching game film when I walked up and I didn't want to wake him up. So I just, that's what he was trying to do and he was trying to tackle all these obstacles and he's having FaceTime meetings with his position group and making sure that they're all on the same page and everything. And he would, he would do everything that he could do remotely and he would be there. And if he had to take a phone call in the middle of a meeting when he's in Pensacola, he, was, he steps out of the meeting, and he's able to do all that kind of stuff. So I can't give uh, Coach Shannick and everybody at UWF all the credit in the world for, for understanding what Caleb was going through at the time and giving him all of the, the green lights that he needed, all the space, and just it's like, look, take care of things. And you see really – the true character of folks in situations like this. And like I said, I can't give the folks at UWF enough credit for what they were doing as a part of this equation, too.
0: Absolutely. Uh, Joe Powers of Robin and Joe YouTube channel here talking to John Nelson at OSG Nelson, our friend from GPB Sports, about his book, "A Noble Strong. And, John, I tell you what, uh, you you, you tell that story in the book, but there's another one in there about Caleb, I believe. He's sitting by... uh, the hospital bed and he's he's going through some film and you think Buddy's <laughs> asleep in the bed yeah. beside him, but yeah. Buddy chimes in and is like, I forget the exact the reference. The spacing's
1: but- too wide. What's going on here?
0: Yeah. He's like, you're going to get beat with that, you know, or whatever. And uh, I just thought that was absolutely. <laughs> Always hysterical. a coach.
1: Always a coach.
0: Yeah. But it's those type of moments there between, uh, you know, the family as they go through this process that to me, as a son who has a father that has passed, um, that is just the the best thing ever. And to be able to read that, the fact that you have that uh, in this book, John, is, uh, is phenomenal.
1: Well, and like I said, that, that goes to really the trust that the family had to tell these kinds of stories. And, you know, I would be... It, the the conversations I would have would be with them, and this is like hours and hours and hours of audio, and the fact that they had the trust in me to tell this story—that like I said, that's it's very humbling and very overwhelming that they would trust me to do that, and I wanted to make sure as I was putting the jigsaw puzzle together everything was right, pronouns were right, all this kind of stuff, and so it was constant revision, and I mean that in a good way, and just making sure that everything was properly put together so everyone could get the full understanding. If you kind of knew what was going on, but you weren't there, you weren't in South Georgia, you weren't in Region 2, Single A, or what have you, you knew about what was going on, but you needed to know more. The the family, the fact that they shared as in depth as they did, that, that was that was uh I, I completely and totally tip my hat to them as well. And um, you know, you can't there there are ways to tell stories, but for them to have the faith in me to tell it in this way was was just astronomical.
0: Yeah, and I just I can't give you enough uh kudos or the family for that matter or the communities. And in, in South Georgia, there around Osceola and and Fitzgerald and the like, uh, for all of the uh, the great hours of audio that I'm sure you had to to try to boil down and put into uh, 300 plus pages in this book. But John, uh, let's move ahead now to uh, the opportunity to look at the the championship day, because uh, I you know being uh, with Dublin, Dublin was uh, playing as well for a national championship that year. I was able to be in the stadium and and to watch that, but I didn't go down on the field. Um, But let's talk about that day for a minute. Let's just talk about what you saw that uh, may be beyond the book.
1: Well, I mean, uh, there was, when you look at, and I'm trying to figure out the right way to phrase this, you kind of had a feeling in your gut, That maybe this was meant to be, and when they get that first big play for the score, Buddy calls it, and he said, "You know, this this might be a a long one. This this play might be a long one that we break here." They did. It was, and that kind of reinforced it a little bit. You're like, okay. They've done some tremendous work. They finally got past clinch. They're at Georgia state, you know, Irwin County with this bunch of juniors is going in there. And that first big play, they break it. And then you sit on a route, you score again. Okay. But I I give Marion County a lot of credit. They did not back down one bit. And when you've got a, a quarterback like Trice McCannon who just literally just winds up and throws it as far as he can, and when you have the speedy receivers that can get underneath it, and the first-team defense gives up a touchdown for the first time in a long time, you're thinking, okay, Marion County's, you know, Marion County's not intimidated. They, they've got their shot down. They've scored. And so you're like, all right, so now where do things go? And then after Irwin gets challenged by that, then they put the pedal down, and then there's that uh, that really quick succession of three scores right. in the second half, and then you get to mercy rule. Yeah, yeah I think that if you didn't have any kind if – you, if you had a doubt, then you had that th- quick 21 points in the second half, and then you're like, okay, this is theirs. They just have to see it out. And then it ends up being running clock in the fourth quarter. Then it was – you know, it was uh, – on a lot, on a lot of levels, uh, what the intended result for a lot of folks thought it was going to be, and after that, after that early, after that early score from Marion, Irwin County refocuses. They lock it back down. They go back to doing what they're doing, and they just asserted their will into this game. And it was just, it was Irwin County's day. It took a little longer than I'm sure that they would have anticipated, but it was theirs. It took them a little while, but it was theirs.
0: Right, and John, one of the things, and I'm glad you brought that up there, the flurry of scores in the second quarter, and then you get into the running clock in the the second half of the game. But that, to me, if I could have been anywhere other than where I was at that particular moment, um, I would have loved to have been on the sideline right there because there is that, and it's described in the book, and I love the fact that you just talk about this in the book, where – You know the game is is pretty much at hand, and you just kind of have a moment as a team, as a family, as a community to sit and just kind of not stop playing or stop coaching, but enjoy that without the the worry about it being necessarily in doubt. So, you know, all the time you had to wait to get there, and now you have the opportunity to really kind of sit – in the moment and savor it and i thought that was just a phenomenal part of the book i'd love to hear your thoughts around
1: that well yeah and when you had all the assistants who were very gracious with their time as well and and letting me know their side of the story when you had the assistants that were upstairs calling the, the place from up high they're like man this is running clock fourth quarter we better get down there because they didn't want to miss it. right and so you have all those guys that come down onto the field and you know you've got all, all of these folks and uh, there was the, the moment where uh, Tammy's on the sideline and it was something that we showed on Georgia Public because uh, the, the Georgia Public feed, the GPB feed, was patched into the scoreboard there at Georgia State. And the booth is taught Larry Smith and Tommy Palmer talking about Tammy. And then they go to the close-up of Tammy on the sideline and so then Tammy's picture with the delay shows up on the board a couple seconds later and gets one of the biggest pops that you could have ever thought of. And, and properly. So, but just the idea where you get the ISO of of buddy's wife, Tammy there on the sidelines with about six minutes to go and to see that. And, you know, when I talked to her, you know, that was when, when the, you look at the, YouTube video of it where we posted it online, and I go over and I talk to her, and we catch up for a little bit, and she goes, "Yeah, after sitting next six minutes, I'll be fine." She was still a coach's (laughs) wife until the clock hit zeros, right? And so you have that moment with Tammy, and then there's the the cutaway of of Kenley and Buddy with a phone in front of them in the fourth quarter, and you're wondering what's going on. And I found out in my interviews that they were FaceTiming Caleb as he as he and the UWF bus was heading to their playoff game, their national semifinal. I think it was Ferris State. So they're on the bus heading to the game against Ferris in the national semifinal. He's FaceTiming with them, and that cutaway in the fourth quarter is Buddy and Kenley FaceTiming with Caleb. They're about to win a championship game. Caleb is going to his national semifinal. And that was one of the behind the music things that I thought was one of the cool nuggets of the whole time. I didn't know what what that moment was. I asked and found out it was that FaceTime conversation before the national semifinal.
0: Yeah. And I thought that was a phenomenal part of the book as well, because, you know, to share that moment uh, together and just everything that had to go on in this particular scenario right it was just phenomenal uh, to have that and for you to put it in the book and uh, the other thing and and you and I kind of understand this but I I love the fact that it's explained in the book Uh, you know our friend Larry Smith you mentioned there and of course Tommy was calling that game but Larry kind of gives you the excerpt about how to kind of sit out and let the moment breathe and let the moment you know tell itself and that is something that I thought was a really really intrinsic part of the story to put in there because everybody that was watching that on television knows now what we were talking about or what Larry was talking about.
1: That's that's Osilla's moment. Yeah. And that's one of the things that we as broadcast professionals are taught. There are times to talk and there are times not to talk. And that for me is Osilla's moment where it's finally theirs let them have it because you never know when when it's going to happen again. And with everything that the friends and the fans and the coaches and the players, student athletes, administrators, everyone associated with that program, with everything that they'd been through, they broke the tape. That's their moment. And Larry laid out, that's the TV term. He, he, He was quiet and let Osilla have that moment. And I thought that that was very, very cool of Larry and Tommy to let Irwin County have that moment in 2019.
0: Absolutely. I agree. And I just loved uh, that that is in the book. Now, uh, speaking of those moments, and, you know, of course we're going to get to the end here. You talked about the platform earlier, yeah. but I, I want to talk about it again here, John. Uh, the fact that you had the opportunity to go up there with buddy and there's a portion in the book talking about buddy getting up on the stage. Right. And whether that yeah. was, <laughs> yeah. what was going to keep that from happening or not. Right. And I love the way that's written really mm. in the book, but Mm-mm. let's talk about you kneeling there beside buddy with a, a smile, uh, that, that only I'm sure, you know, and buddy know, uh, what that, what that smile was really about, but.
1: Well, when you love someone and they succeed, with everything that they've gone through. And that was, that was the task, to win a state championship for Irwin County, to, and to break that tape, to, to get across the finish line, to go through this amazing season, to have that moment, to have that crowning achievement. And when I get to see that, For someone that I love, for someone that our family loves, one family to another. It's just it is one of the coolest moments that I've had. And I've I know, and everybody says, Oh, what about your interviews and things like that with so and so and so and so? -so. Yeah. But for me to see that moment for someone that I love and to be there with them, it is absolutely priceless. And it was just something for me. And I give uh, Robin Hines, the executive director of the GHSA, a lot of credit because I went a little longer in my post-game interview than I normally would. Considering the circumstance, Robin understood that. I apologized to him as I was coming off of the stage. I said, I'm sorry. I went long. I apologize for that. And Dr. Hines was like, that's all right. He understood it as well. And I, you know, I mentioned this in the, in the book as well, where I'm walking up uh, because I got to get back to work. Buddy invited me full disclosure, Buddy invited me into the locker room for the celebration that they were going to have before everybody got on the buses and then went back to Osceola and I told him I couldn't do it because I had to get back to work. But what I told him was, I said that my wife, Patty, will go as my proxy and she'll go and celebrate with you and family. <laughs> and so my one request to the boss was to just roll video, just record on your phone just so I could see what was going on. She did. And so I got to see that later. But the, when Wiley Ballard, who was doing sidelines with me, we're walking back up to the, uh, walking back up to the studio set and Wiley asked me, he said, man, that had to have been one of the hardest interviews you've ever done. And, and I told Wiley, I said, actually, no, it's one of the easiest because when you're there sharing a moment with someone that you love, then those are easy to see Irwin County succeed with everything going on around them and all of this collective love aimed at this one family to see them succeed in that moment, to be able to share it in some small way. For me, it's one of the easiest interviews I've ever done. And obviously I will never forget it. Yeah. I could sit here and say, yes, I've interviewed the rock. Yes. I've interviewed stone cold Steve Austin. Yes. I've interviewed Gordy Howe. that's great. But to be there to share that moment with Buddy Nobles on that platform, statewide television, all that. But to be there to share it with him, that kind of thing is immeasurable.
0: Absolutely. And I can tell you uh, from a spectator that day, just watching that event and then going back and having the luxury of, of reading this book and kind of reliving that. For me, it's easy to see that he, I, you are on a on a on a grand stage, but it was much easier to see that there are two really close friends sitting there looking at each other, going, "Man, we get it. we did it," you know. He did it, yeah. <laughs> I was
1: like, dude, I mean, for like for me, this was this like I said, this was Irwin County's moment, and I interjected that one piece of personal bit. And I don't know if it was the the most professional thing in the world to do, but a lot of times when we do these kinds of presentations, you get bogged down in presentation and introduction and all that kind of stuff. Once again, this was Irwin County's moment. And when I said that one phrase that I'm just going to say it this way, congratulations, my friend. That's all I needed to say. It was not. It's not about me. It is about everything that that community went through. And for me to share it, once again, where Larry Smith and Tommy Palmer laid out, that's my way of laying out for a friend. Three words. Congratulations, my friend. Microphone over. That's it. Right.
0: And, uh, of course, talking with John Nelson here uh, at OSG Nelson about the the wonderful book that we have uh, on full screen for you here now. Again, uh, it's noble, strong lessons in destiny available at Target and uh, and on Amazon. And and John, I'm sure there are probably other ways that people can uh, find this beautiful piece of work here. Why don't you tell us uh, all the ways where people can find it and uh, you know download audio or any of those other ways that are.
1: Yeah, uh, you can do Kindle. You can do that on Amazon. We're working on the audio version. So uh, in the next little while, probably after this football season, uh, if you hear a familiar voice with uh, audio files, reading the book, uh, we're trying to figure out the logistics of that. But you mentioned the two easiest. Uh, Amazon by far is the easiest. You can get it in the, the book form or in Kindle. And uh, But, yeah, honestly, that, that, those are the best ones that you just laid out there. Amazon, Target kindle you can get on amazon but yeah we are working on some other things uh the audio files that were put together to make sure the book was going to happen looking to find a way through uh, uh, a website to make sure that folks can listen to these interviews and have a uh, uh, basically a testimonial site for if they want to say anything about buddy nobles and the, the book and the family and Irwin county football they can so we're working on those kinds of things Audio version of the book will be coming, so that's a part of the process, too. But, yes, easiest to right now, Amazon in whichever form you want, Booker, Kindle, Target in the, the uh, heavy form. And there's a vicious rumor that I may be in Osceola on the 27th uh, for the uh, Fitzgerald game, for Fitzgerald number one on the 27th. And I might be having boxes placed in the back seat of my car.
0: Oh, oh, well... Quite a rumor indeed right there. I'll tell you what, that's a break. Uh,
1: you have a breaking news sounder, yeah, Joe. I,
0: I wish I did. I'm looking right now. I don't know. I, I don't think I do. And that's unfortunate, John. <laughs> How can I not have a breaking news sounder? But uh, just gonna... <laughs> That's it. But, uh, John, I, I tell you what, my friend, it has been a pleasure to chat with you. I know you have busy things on your three schedules to get back to today, but, uh, It is uh, nice to get to chat with you uh, today and and talk about Buddy Nobles and The Lessons in Destiny, this wonderful book. We'll show it one more time here for us on our our full screen, uh, and then we'll uh, let you get back to your day. But uh, before we do let you go, John, I know that uh, you got a lot going on. Uh, I saw some news today I do want to ask you about. Are you indeed, sir, now working with our friends over in Columbus at WRBL, doing some things that are new and different in your
1: well, I mean, they uh, Rex and and Jack they have a weekly podcast and they have like a guest, and so they, you know, Jack texted me and he's like, "Hey, can you can you be a guest?" So that was just strictly a guest spot. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, for the on the sidelines uh, podcast, they wanted to ask an authority figure some questions about some things, and they ended up finding me. So. <laughs> uh it was a good conversation with them. We talked about everything from soccer to wrestling to high school football, all points in between so uh, yeah our friends at WRBL, uh, Jack and Rex uh, they they wanted to have me as one of their early guests for uh, on the sidelines and I have recruited Hannah to be a guest on the sidelines so she can uh, talk about everything else that's going on with the GPB but yeah that guest spot is coming up on, uh, Monday afternoon, the 17th, should be released by about 3 o'clock Eastern time since they have to deal with two time zones. So that was uh, that was a fun interview to do. Anytime I can talk about old school WWE and AEW, you know it's going to be a fun time.
0: <laughs> oh, of course. And, uh, of course, we love having you on the Rob Ben and Joe scoreboard show on Friday nights. Where's uh, we- that breaking news sounder, yeah, Joe? No. <laughs> I got to get that thing, man. Got to get that for you. But uh, we definitely love having you on here with us. On Friday nights, normally around that eleven thirty mark, to wrap up all the best games across the state, uh, and you can find all of that at rbjshow.com online. And uh, John Nelson's OSG, uh, Nelson and crew, there with uh, the uh, what is it called? It escapes me right now. Uh, football
1: online, in Georgia?
0: You're all no, you're online the guys. Online sports guys. Yeah, oh, online sports guys. There we go. You'll find that link as well. Uh,
1: the college football side of things with the college football meet. Phil Cander drives that bus on the, the college football side. Uh, don't forget to download the OSG sports app available iOS and Android for, uh, everything going on with college football and with soccer, the soccer down here app for those watching on YouTube channel, I'll pull the drawstring over so you can see that you can get your soccer down here, here, uh, go to soccer down here. Dot net, Jason Longshore and, uh, myself and Jared Smith and Nick with all the soccer programming that you could ever want to hear on a weekly basis. You can go there as well. GPB sports. This is the other me since we're in high school football season. Oh yeah. Uh, The Football Fridays in Georgia podcast is up and running. Uh, Jason Strickland from Ware County is our guest this week. Uh, We'll have the executive director of the Georgia High School Association, Dr. Robin Hines, on in two weeks on the 30th. And uh, don't forget to download that. You can look at that at gpb.org. We've got the top tens that's up at gpb.org slash sports, Uh, available iOS and Android uh don't know where we're going to be to debut football fridays in georgia on september 10th That is be the season premiere but we will have recruiting 2021 and countdown to kickoff available on the uh, other social media platforms uh, at gpb gpb facebook twitter instagram youtube all those places that you can get all that stuff is that enough
0: promo I like it, my friend. I like it. And, uh, <laughs> of course, uh, Buddy's uh, book, Noble Strong Lessons of Destiny, available at all the places we discussed already. Target and Amazon, the easiest, of course, to download the Kindle. The audio coming soon. OSG, John Nelson, John Nelson, GPB Sports, and uh, Sports Down Here Network and everything else you do, we appreciate you being on with us, and thank you so much for your time today. And uh, we'll talk to you again on Friday. How about that?
1: Yep, Friday night, 1130. You should give me a buzz, and uh, you know where I live, and it's called at the other end of a cell phone. So there you go. There you go. All
0: right, John, thank you so much for your time, buddy. Take care.
1: Be well, my friend.
0: All right. That's it for uh, us here on the Robin and Joe YouTube channel today. It is uh, John Nelson and our book review, Noble Strong, Lessons in Destiny. Check it out, a great book. You don't want to miss that read. And of course, Football Friday night's coming up here on your Robin and Joe Scoreboard show across YouTube, Facebook Live, and our nine-station radio network across Midland South Georgia. We'll see you Friday night. Good night. Let's bring it up right now! Ben and Joe show. Download the show today on your Spotify playlist or Apple Music.